The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. In addition to all of that, you can stream us on the web at radiolex.us. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. And folks, I do just want to say the very first thing Amber did when she seen me was pinch me because I had no green on. And I tell you what, if you pinch me again, there's going to be some there's going to be some hell to pay. Hey, now look, Bullseye sent him a text message and said, "Hey, man, it's St. Patty's Day. Why are you green? Guess what I did." put my green on. You did. You look very nice over there. I it's March and I have Kentucky basketball uh, on. I, I don't I don't have anything that is green that is Kentucky basketball. So. Well, now look, that shirt's real crisp and white. We go out there and wrestle in the grass and get it a little green. It's only a matter of time before I spill ketchup on this shirt. Absolutely. Like that is like pristine white. But it is St. Patty's Day, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know a thing about St. Patty's Day and I know a lot of people when they listen to off the cuff they're like, well, Adam will probably tell us a little bit about St. Patty's Day. Not this holiday. What? I don't know nothing about it. All I know is that you can get a lot of green beer on this day. Uh, yes. A, a lot of places will will sprinkle their beer with, I guess, tie-dye? Uh, or not tie-dye. No, food coloring. Food probably. coloring. Because yeah. tie-dye is, 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 is that's its own coloring, right? Yeah, that's like that, yeah, that might, coloring. That might actually hurt somebody. <laughs> but, and then the other thing is that there used to be really wild St. Patty's Day parties in college. Uh, well, I thought you were going to say grade school for a second. No, no. <laughs> Not grade school, but college. I remember there was always people used to get down on St. Patty's Day. It is supposed to be the lucky holiday, luck of the Irish, find your pot of gold, make your wish, whatever. But this is supposed to be the day of good luck, uh, the luck of the Irish. Uh, well, hey, and so far it's been a good day for us. Beautiful so, weather. So far you are supposed to wear green on this day or the punishment for not wearing green is getting pinched. Yeah, pinched like a little crab. Which is what happened to me when I first saw Amber. But I, where did that come from? What, pinching? Yeah, why do people pinch when you don't wear green? I, I have no clue. <laughs> you really don't? You ain't got no fun facts? No fun facts. No fun facts for Patty's Day. But it's not... I think it's like the. It's kind of like Columbus Day, and I hate saying Columbus Day is irrelevant, but it's just boring. <laughs> well, now look, the only thing about St. Patty's Day is today is my late grandmother's birthday. Well, happy birthday! It's Vera's birthday. Happy birthday, Vera! Oh my goodness, how old would she have been? Oh my goodness, she would come back and haunt me for doing that to her on the radio. So, <laughs> I think that's another social norm. Speaking of social norms, that we got to get rid of is asking women their age. Why is that so offensive? Be proud that you're. <laughs> older. Be proud that you're getting old. I will, because as a woman, you feel like time is running out. 
I, I would say so. The yeah, you're trying to hang on to that youth as much as you can. But ladies and gentlemen, it is St. Patty's Day, and it is March, which means basketball is in full swing. I got to attend the Kentucky High School Sweet 16 basketball tournament last night. Watched two big games, and you had good seats. I had really good seats. I was about five or six rows from the floor. Uh huh. And I the first game I watched was GRC George uh-huh. Rogers Clark. Okay. Versus Perry County. Perry County might be the sorriest basketball team I've ever seen oh, put on a pair of basketball uh, attire. They were terrible. They could barely get the ball up the court. Yeah. They're either really, really bad or GRC is just that good. Or oh, they could have been nervous. They got beat by like 40, 50 points. It wasn't oh, even a game. People were leaving. The second game I watched was North Laurel. And the big thing about the North Laurel, uh, whatever they're called, the big thing about that team is they had Reed Shepard, which is a future Kentucky Wildcat. Oh. Based off what I seen yesterday, he ain't no count. Ah, oh, you already. He, he's not. And I think Calipari wasted a scholarship <laughs> on this kid. I really do. Oh, I, poor he, kid. he had good stats, which yeah. makes it even scarier because people, that's all they say. Oh, he can do it all. He can pass. He can dribble. He can assist. But the eye test is more than what stats can give. I saw oh, yeah. him play. He was not impressive. Uh, not not uh, You wouldn't travel far to watch him play again? No. And that's sad because he's coming to Kentucky. But I will say this. Cal will not play Reed Shepard if he plays like he did last night. And Jeff Shepard, his father, will make him transfer. Uh, uh, bye. Uh, well, bye. If you can't play. But Pikeville defeated North Laurel in that game. Pikeville's good. 15th region. Uh, How good, though? Not good enough to beat GRC. I think that George Rogers Clark will beat them like a little drum. However, Pikeville, they might make it a ball game. I think it's one of the best teams to come out of the 15th region in a long, long time. Now, what all is in the 15th region? Because what were we in? The 14th? We were in the 14th region. I know the 14th up and down and all around, but the 15th... I'm not really familiar with who I was in the 15th, but I don't remember a team being this good since, from from, our area. Unless, it, unless it's this year, Pikeville. Okay. Good team. Good team. It was a good tournament. It is being played right now. I think that there was an upset right before we got on the air. Mel, mm-hmm. which is a school up in Louisville, lost. And I thought that that was the only school that had potential to beat George Rogers Clark. Yeah. So now it's a shoe-in for GRC to cut down the nets and be the state champions. Uh-huh, yeah, that was the last game we caught before COVID hit. It really was. We did The last high school basketball game I've watched in person was the GRC uh was it M- Montgomery County? Yeah, and yeah. Montgomery County, yeah, before COVID shut down. Yeah, it was, that was nuts. But I was there at the game, had great seats. But, you know, when you go to places like that and events like that, you always like to socialize. Absolutely. You go to see and be seen. Uh-huh. And I had a lot of interesting conversations with the people around me, sitting just around me. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the COVID-19 vaccine conversation came up and one guy and you know i was i was around people from the 14th 15th region (laughs) of my section and a lot of people were like they got onto the you know because sometimes people would just flat out ask you now do you get that vaccine i know i can't handle that too much pressure i was asked did i get the vaccine and of course i answered i said yes i got the vaccine they're like lord you've got a tracker now in your in your body they're tracking (laughs) every move that you make as they pull their cell phone out of their pockets i bet and you know 
was scrolling on Facebook. Stupidity, yeah. And, and, the, <laughs> and the phone can track you anyway. But it's so funny, uh, the conspiracy theories we hear when it comes to COVID-19. It's What's another conspiracy theory with COVID-19, uh, with the vaccine? It, there's the tracker. The tracker, I think, was the big one. Uh, what Somebody said it was the mark of the beast. Somebody I said, think it was something like that. Somebody said it was the mark of the beast. So, so many conspiracy theories have come out. It made me start thinking, Amber, of just some of the wildest conspiracy theories that are out there. I love a good conspiracy theory. Oh, yes. Because sometimes what's so amazing about conspiracy theories is the fact that it's they're just fun to believe. Even if they're not true, they're fun to just hang on to that slight possibility that it is true. That it could be. Yes, that's why I love them. Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory out there? Um, I Oh my gosh, yes, I have a lot of favorites, but now look, I got one that's just a boggle in my mind right now. I finally caught a show you told me to watch. Okay. Impeachment. Yes. And I know you want to cover that another time, but... We already covered it. We No, did we cover it? Yeah, we did. When Mar- I probably zoned out because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, what about it? Uh, so, anyways, Vince Foster. When Vince Foster, he was the White House. Uh, he was in the council office. I think he was like a, an attorney that was there. Maybe what was a the conspiracy up. theory with him? Um, so Vince Foster, as we know, killed himself. And there were just theories surrounding that it did not happen by his own hand. That, you know, maybe the Clintons had had a little hand in it. Because I think maybe Vince Foster had, had his hands in one of the Clintons a little too much. Yes. Well, the, the Clintons have conspiracy theories uh, surrounding them. They, I mean, who was that one guy that passed away? He hung himself. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, people that commit suicide, uh, the, they're always saying the Clintons killed them if they ha- have any involvement with the Clintons. So, yeah, that's a good conspiracy theory. But there's there's so many out there. One of my favorites is Elvis is still alive. Oh, my word. I love that conspiracy theory. Oh, Elvis is alive. And I think that when you want somebody to still be here, still be around, you'll believe anything Mm -hmm. just to hang on to that hope. Absolutely. It's the same with Michael Jackson. Didn't they say that he was still living as well? I think, and Tupac also. They said he was also still living. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're all on some island somewhere. (laughs) Just laughing at us for believing that, you know, they're dead. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's what I'm talking about when it comes to conspiracy theories. And there's, and there are a ton of them, like the Princess Diana death. A lot of people think that was no accident at all. We all know what happened. She died in a car accident from getting chased with the paparazzi. Well, the conspiracy theory is that the royal family had her killed. Queen Elizabeth had her killed because she couldn't stand the fact that she was dating an Egyptian man. And wouldn't there rumors of pregnancy or something like that? Correct. And they couldn't stand the fact that that, uh, possibly the heir to the throne, which was Princess Diana's son would be brothers with someone with Egyptian blood. So they're saying that maybe the royal family had her killed, but that's another conspiracy theory. Uh I mean, it's boring just to believe that she died in a car accident from getting chased by the paparazzi, but it's more interesting to believe (laughs) that the royal family said, off with her head. And that's what they got. It's the same thing with the JFK assassination. Oh, my word. The CIA, they say, had a hand in killing JFK. One popular theory is that the CIA killed JFK in retaliation for the failed Bay of Pigs invasion to overthrow Cuban leader Fidel Castro. Yes. Another theory is that the assassination was, was actually a mob 
hit meant to punish Bobby Kennedy for cracking down on the mafia. Well, I, I don't know if I'd have went after the president for that big of a hit. Because we all know that what really happened, Lee Harvey Oswald killed him. Mm-hmm. But what was what made these conspiracy theories just go crazy was it wasn't what, one or two days later that Lee Harvey Oswald was murdered by a nightclub owner in Texas. Mm. So a little suspicious. There's always going to be conspiracy theories when a big event happens. People are trying to wrap their mind around why did why did this happen? Why did that happen? Yep. Somebody wanted to kill the president. Uh, I mean, yeah. It was Lee Harvey Oswald, but why? I don't think we'll ever know that one. We don't. Mm-mm. Another another. Uh, well, you know the COVID nineteen vaccine. Another conspiracy theory that that I wish I would have brought up a while ago was the fact that COVID-19 in general is just a population control virus that, that we released uh, COVID or that our enemies released COVID-19 to just kill off the population so we could have new people born because we're getting too populated (laughs) in the world. People got too much time on their hands. (laughs) What is it? Also, Beyonce is a lizard person. Is that, I think that's another one part of the Illuminati. The moon landing. What about the moon landing? A lot of people say that that was fake. Fake. A lot of people say that was fake. Fake. So listen at this. A survey in 2019 shows that 10% of Americans still believe that the moon landing was a hoax. I mean, look, all I'm going to say is I went back, I watched it. I understand this is in the 60s, but I can be part of that 10%. I just don't, I don't believe what they showed us. I'm not saying we didn't go. I just don't think what we seen was actually what happened. I don't I do think that you should never just believe what you see. There no. is always more to the story than what you see. You can't always believe what you see, and what, especially what the media tells you. Because oh, no. the media can always paint their own narrative. Uh-huh. And it's just like the mass shootings, like Sandy Hook, oh, when they tried to say was... when they tried to say that the government was setting all these shootings uh-huh. up, or that it was it was fake, or, and... or it was fake to to get a hold of gun control. Uh, that's a conspiracy theory. I just I don't think that I do think our government is evil. However, I don't think. It's evil enough to go kill babies. No, why And that's exactly we... what Sandy Hook was. Yeah, why would we start drama in our own place? That's what I never understood. Yes. Uh, what about the conspiracy theory that the Earth is actually flat? Uh, now, that ain't true. <laughs> that ain't true. The basic idea of this movie is right there in its name. The Earth is flat, not a globe. Flat Earthers have a range of theories about how they think the world is eventually laid out, but the majority seem to believe the planet is a flat disk with an ice wall around it. Although it can be easy to laugh off the flat Earth theory, which theorists themselves accidentally debunked in Behind the Curve, this kind of belief can be a harbinger of extreme science skepticism. Is that, now, what was that about a wall of frozen water? Ice. Oh, my word. Are you serious? I saw Elvis in a UFO. I asked a good one. <laughs> so many conspiracy theories. What's your favorite conspiracy, folks? Put it on the show thread. Maybe we can talk about it. But we still have lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Everyone who listens to this show knows that I am a huge wrestling fan. So is Amber. And whenever a wrestler passes away, it really breaks my heart. A lot of people get upset when their favorite movie star passes away or their favorite athlete that they grew up watching passes away. And that's how I am when a wrestler passes away. I mean, it takes me a long time to get over it. It really upsets me because these people, these men and women that are in this sport... They don't live long. No. They don't. Not at all. The lifespan of these wrestlers is very short. And Scott Hall was no different. Razor Ramon. The bad guy. The bad guy. He died at 63 years old. He died, passed away this past Monday. It says here that in March of 2022, Hall was hospitalized after falling and breaking his hip. After Scott Hall underwent hip replacement surgery, a blood clot was di- was dislodged, resulting in him suffering three heart attacks on March the 12th, after which he was put on life support. He was taken off life support on March the 14th, and WWE announced his death later that day. What a career this guy had. What an impact that Scott Hall had. He is mostly known as just being Razor Ramon. He came to the WWE in 1992 as Razor Ramon. And he had some legendary matches. Like the match from WrestleMania 10 against Shawn Michaels. When he fought in that ladder match. And Razor Ramon beat Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Back when the Intercontinental title used to mean something. Uh Oh, it meant a lot back then. And... What's so fascinating about Scott Hall is that Scott Hall quite possibly is the reason for the Monday Night War. He quite possibly is the one who ignited the Monday Night War. Oh, I'm going to take it further. I don't even think quite possible. We know that entrance. I think you you had shared a video well, and I completely... I had never watched when he entered WCW. Well, he yes, he declared war on WCW. So let me give you the backstory. So as everybody knows, back in the 90s, wrestling was at a peak. The Monday Night War, Raw versus Nitro. It was on at the same time. It was on Mondays. People, you had to choose back in the day which one you wanted to watch. Well, WWF, which is now WWE, was known as... WWE was known as just the premier show. Yeah. It was known as just the show to be the best of the best. And WCW was always secondary. Well, Ted Turner owned WCW, and he had a lot of money, millions of dollars. So he had afford, he could afford anybody he wanted. So he decided to take some of Vince McMahon's players over from the WWF, Uh his wrestlers. So Scott Hall is one of those guys that signed a deal with WCW for a lot of money. So what he did was he showed up the very next week after wrestling on Raw. He showed up the very next week on WCW's programming, Monday Nitro. And people were stunned because back in the day, you didn't see the crossover of worlds. No. You didn't see a wrestler from one organization on another organization in that short a time. Mm -mm. And that's exactly what you were seeing here on Nitro. You were seeing Scott Hall who was going by his real name because everybody in WWF only knew him as Razor Ramon. So they saw Scott Hall walking out of the crowd like a regular audience member and he gave the illusion that he was kind of a, a, a mole from yeah. the WWF, and he was coming over to the WCW to to 
challenge them. Yeah. To uh, wearing nothing but denim. No, yes. <laughs> nothing but denim. And I actually have some audio of that promo that Scott yes. Hall cut. And this is when you'll hear here he's he's uh, trying to fight his way through the audience. He's getting into the ring, and you can hear the announcers like, "What's going on? Uh, we, can we get security out here?" And listen at Scott address the crowd. This ignited, folks, the Monday Night War. This is legendary. I have no idea. Wait a minute. I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm seeing. You people. What's with him? You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is billionaire Ted? So I'll stop it there. He's like, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Mm. So he was basically telling everybody, you know who I am. Uh You know I'm Razor Ramon from the other show, but you don't know why I'm over here. Uh -uh. So here is when he now, in the part of the promo, goes up to the announce desk and addresses Eric Bischoff, who is the manager of WCW and the announcer. Uh All right, all right, all right. Hey, looky here. You wanted to say... You got such a big mouth, and we, we are sick of it. What do you mean, who's we? You know who. Hey, this is where the big boys play? What a joke. I tell you what, you go tell billionaire Ted, you tell him get three of his very, very best. Maybe, uh, maybe the Nacho Man. Oh, no. Hey, maybe, maybe he get the Stinger. Ooh, I'm so scared. You go get anybody you want, because we... What do you mean, we? We are taking over. You want to go to war? You want a war? You got one. Only, only let's do it right. In the ring where it matters. Not on no microphones. Not in no newspapers or dirt sheets. Let's do it in the ring where it matters. If, uh, if billionaire Ted and his big boys, if they got any uh, any guts, because we are coming down here, You're stepping over the line, and like it or not, not we are taking over. And he throws his toothpick at Eric Bischoff after he says that, and that right there is the promo that ignited the Monday Night Wars because the. When he kept saying we, and mm-hmm. Bischoff was like, we, what do you mean we? He was talking about two other individuals, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan, uh, who come, who you come to know as the NWO. Yes. And the NWO, quite possibly, uh, is the biggest faction to ever be in wrestling. I agree. And it was the NWO. It was after that promo uh-huh. that WCW 
people started watching that show instead of WWF. And they defeated WWF every week after that. Oh, my word. So you're talking a company that's been around for years and years and years and years is now getting beat in the ratings because there is a war going on and everybody's wanting to tune in the WCW to see who is going to jump next. Well, I mean, at the time, it was a great storyline. I mean, I see why they done it and we know what it turned out to be in the end. It was great. And the NWO became bigger and bigger and for 88 weeks straight, WCW beat WWF in the ratings. And you know that had to hurt. Yes. Hurt. And because of that Monday Night War, we got some of the best entertainment that our eyes have ever seen <laughs> because competition makes things better. Absolutely. You I, have to have competition. You have to. If you want a better show, have competition, it will force you to put out a better show. Exactly. And that's what WWF is lacking these days. There's no competition. They're the only game in town. I'm sorry, AEW cannot compete with the budget of WWF like Vince, like Ted Turner could with WCW. No, absolutely not. And it was it was insane. That whole war was ignited because of Scott Hall. That's how legendary this guy this guy was. I mean, he. I mean, it was absolutely insane. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as Razor Ramon in 2014, and again as a member of the NWO in 2020. So he's a two-time Hall of Famer. Well deserved. Well deserved. You uh, can't get any more cooler than Scott Hall. I remember one time I was watching WCW. And somebody threw their drink into the oh, ring, and it man. hit Scott Hall, and it splattered all over his face. And Scott Hall, without missing a beat, just wiped his hair back like it was gel and uh-huh. slicked it back with the pop. You can't, you can't fake that coolness. And then hit that little movie would do. You, you yes. yes, you can't fake that. Uh-uh. Who is more cooler? Than Scott Hall. They don't make him like that. He did have his issues. He struggled with alcohol. Very sad. And he struggled with other drugs. And his death was probably complications due to that. We know it's a blood clot, but the way he treated his body. No, I mean, you know, you got to think years and years of abuse, you know, being in the ring. And you couple that with all the things he went through, which we know he went through. And, you know, I hate that that's how he ended. Mm Mm-hmm. Very sad, but our prayers go out to Scott Hall's family. Uh, What a legend. What a legend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still have lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Wally says on the show thread, the earth is hollow and filled with lizard people. Interesting conspiracy theory. (laughs) He probably made that up on his own. Nine to five. I've had nine to fives before. I don't like them. I'm not a big nine to five guy. think I'm a nine-to-fiver. There are some people that enjoy nine-to-five jobs. I ain't good for them. You know, somebody who apparently likes the old nine-to-five is Tom Brady, <laughs> who has decided to come out of retirement. No. His retirement lasted 40 days, and now he is back 
After 40 days after announcing his retirement, Tom Brady has said he is coming back. He said on Twitter, he said, the time will come. He said, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Wow. I read that. I was like, well, you know, I like Tom Brady. I do. I -hmm. really, I do like Tom Brady. He is great. But, dude, did you have to do it during the Selection Sunday show when everybody was laser focused on basketball and then here you drop this news i mean you got to hand it to his pr guy he knew what he was doing he put it on espn or he put he made the announcement knowing that everybody in the world was going to be watching espn at the time for the selection sunday show and wasn't that exactly kind of the same timeline or i guess not timeline but framework he had when he was announcing he was moving wasn't that during the super bowl yeah well it was he, he always has a way of of coming up with announcing things where people are going to be around the radio or the TV. So he is back, though. And it it's funny that he just couldn't stay away. <laughs> he has nothing left to prove. No. He has already solidified his name as being great. And here he is wanting to have a big return after retirement. People saying, oh, he's ruining his legacy doing this. Don't be so fast no, on that. I don't think that. so. I think he's going to be just as great. As a matter of fact, what's frustrating about this is he's probably going to go and win a Super Bowl. And then I'm going to have to see him kiss his children on the mouth again. They've had huge returns. People have always retired and then come back after retirement. There's always been people who have done that. But there's only been a few who have had huge returns after retirement. Yeah. And that the first person that comes to mind is Michael Jordan. You remember Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Retired. He shocked the world when he announced his retirement at only the age of 30. Oh. Yes, at the age of 30. Months after winning his third NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls in 1993, he went on and said he was retiring. Mm-hmm. People started, conspiracy theories started floating around everywhere. Oh, Jordan owes people gambling debt. Oh, come on. Uh, No, Jordan quit because he was depressed because his dad died. Yeah. That's why Jordan quit. Yeah. That's the truth, I think. Oh, because it was after one of his games, wasn't it? Well, it was was after, it was after, it was in the offseason that his dad was murdered. Yeah. His dad got to see him win his first three titles. Yeah. And then when his, and his dad never missed a game. Mm. His dad was with him in the locker room after every championship with him photographed with the trophy. Yeah. And that's when Michael went back and won his fourth title. And then when he went to the locker room and his dad went in there, he broke down on the floor. And that's when you see the iconic photos of Michael Jordan laying on the floor like a baby, curled up in a ball, crying. And people were like, oh, he's happy because he won. No. No. It's just the emotion (laughs) is hitting him all at once. Yeah. But Michael Jordan retired and came back and won three more titles. But didn't he play baseball a little bit in the middle? He did. And went and played baseball (laughs) in the middle of his retirement. And then not only did he retire once in 1993, he retired again in 1998 and came back. Again? In the early 2000s and played for the Washington Wizards. Oh, God. Wasn't as good with the Wizards. Yeah. But he was still better probably than most people he was playing out on the floor. I would say so. Another person that 
retired and then come back and and still did it big was Jay Leno. Oh. Do you remember when Jay Leno announced he was retiring in 2009 and uh-huh. giving his show to Conan O'Brien? Yes, I was so excited. And then yes, same. And then uh, he decided after he announced his retirement and a- after his last day, he he was like, "Well, I changed my mind. I don't want to retire." Mm-mm, no takesies, backsies. And then and then came back to the Tonight Show. It was and stole it from Conan. It was mm-hmm. just it was awful. But he went on to have about about five more years of a successful run at late night. Well, I mean. What about George Foreman, the former heavyweight champion of the world? (laughs) He, you know, he retired in 1973. Yeah. Uh, No, he retired in 1977. No, okay. I had to do math there, my head real quick. 1977. And then he made his return to the ring a decade later, winning a string of fights before knocking out Michael Moore to claim the WBA. A and IBF heavyweight titles at the age of 45. That man makes a good grill. I'll tell you that. He sure does. Yes. He sure does. Another major retirement and a person who had a big comeback who could not stay retired is Mick Foley. Ah, yes. Mick Foley, the WWF wrestler. I think that when you think of wrestlers retiring, you always think of Mick Foley because he's retired 20 million times. A thousand times. He retired. He His first big retirement was in 2000. Yeah. But he came back and had a string of matches uh, after that. Uh, he only stayed retired like... What, two months Two or, or three months. And then he wrestled all the way up to his final appearance in 2012 in the ring. Shoot. Shawn Michaels is the same. Yes. I think... I think if you're talking one of the biggest retirement comebacks in history of wrestling, Shawn Michaels takes the cake because oh. he retired in 1998 uh-huh. after a back injury with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. He was already, like Tom Brady, maybe he was in that conversation yeah. of being the greatest of all time already yeah. at that age in 1998. And then he came back in 2002 and... Outdid his career beforehand. Ah, you know what? I used to say I liked him better back when he was in DX, but you know, you kind of made me go back and look again. I agree. He came back that elimination chamber when he, he was in the first one. Oh my goodness! Yes, won the world title a couple times. Headlined some WrestleManias a couple times. Won the Royal Rumble a time or two. He was back on top after being retired four years. It's like he was never gone. So, just when you hear somebody say the words, I'm retiring, just know that it, there's a slight chance that it will not happen, especially if they're really good at what they do. Oh, yes. I don't ever want to retire from Radio Ember. Well, I hope we don't. I hope I never have a final episode. Well, I mean, eventually we will. Well, what but... I'm saying is a, a legitimate, what I'm saying is I hope I don't have a planned out, organized last episode. I want, when when I die, I want people to say, well, let's hear what the last episode is Adam recorded, because that would be the last episode of Off the Cuff, and that's the last episode. And you would 100% make sure, even if he's in the hospital, we came and recorded that day. <laughs> I already know that. Because retiring, if you love what you do, I retire from it. The biggest cause of death is retirement. Uh, boredom. Boredom. You're bored to death. Your purpose of getting up every day is gone. Exactly. Because that's what you get up for. And when you got passionate about something, it's kind of hard to give that up. It really is. But, Amber... We have a lot to be happy about today. It is beautiful outside. 71 degrees here in Lexington. Roll down them windows, ladies and gentlemen, while you're listening to the show, because it is time for Off the Cuff to take 
its song of the week break. And we are going to listen to We Are Young by Fun. We'll be right back after the song. In the bathroom, getting higher than the Empire State. My lover, she is waiting for Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. That's such a classic song, We Are Young. I think that's a song that when you get older, uh, you'll really enjoy it even more. Well. Because everybody wants to feel young. Even if you're not young, you want to feel young. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody want to feel old. That's true. Yeah. Well, Amber, it is March the 17th. The first round NCAA basketball games are being played as we speak. I hope that everybody got a chance to join the Off the Cuff Without a Banks Bracket Challenge. You can keep up with the results of the Bracket Challenge on Off the Cuff's Facebook page. I will be posting the standings after each round. So the first round will end after today and tomorrow. So on Saturday or sometime Friday night, I will post on the Facebook page and Instagram. I'll post the standings to where everybody's at. Don't get discouraged if you're looking at your bracket right now, folks, because there are still... Still so many games left to play. Uh, Amber, I love March Madness. This is my favorite time of the year. I have a whole series dedicated to this uh, March Madness, the March Madness series. It's an off-the-cuff special, and it will be starting next Wednesday on 93.9. So if you want to listen to the March Madness special, which is in addition to this show, it's off-the-cuff presents the March Madness Series. So, in addition to the regular Fortify broadcast on Thursday, starting next Wednesday from 8 to 9, you will get uh, episodes of me and my March Madness crew covering the tournament. And we go through the brackets, we go through the games, and we have a lot of fun. So there'll be three episodes, so starting next Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we'll discuss the tournament. So what you're saying is people are going to actually be able to hear real sports talk with you and professionals and not me. I think you do okay for what we do talk about. Well, yeah, because I'm usually like, well, wait, what? Huh? The first four games were already played. They were they were played last night. I never underestimate those first four teams. I know that Notre Dame was defeat. No, Notre Dame won, and then Indiana uh, won. Uh, who were the other two? There were other. There were two more people that got in. I can't remember. Remember, but what I, what I do right now, Amber, is I want to get your Final Four prediction. Okay. Who let do me, you have in your Final Four? Let me see. Here. I have Gonzaga. I'm sorry. Yes, I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Auburn. I think that's a solid Final Four. And then I've got Kentucky defeating Gonzaga, and here's why. Last year, I put Gonzaga to win it all. I was not going to put Gonzaga to win it all (laughs) back-to-back. I don't even like Gonzaga. They're not even... That they don't play anybody. They're good all the way up to what time? This time because they actually have to play people. Yeah, crunch time. And every I thought they were really going to get it done last year. I ain't got no clutch. And they didn't. They have no clutch. And they were better last year. Yeah, I think than they are than they are uh, this year. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not putting them. So I think the Wildcats. I'm going to stick with the Wildcats. They're yeah. the best team in the country if they get it going right. Yeah. 
they will win the title. And a lot of people were saying, well, you're just saying that because you're a Kentucky fan. I have been doing this March Madness series for a long, long time. And I've only put Kentucky to win three times. Yeah, I put them to win in 2012, which they won. They did. I put them to win in 2015, uh-huh. which they did not win, but they went like 39-1. and one. Well, and then I put them this year to win. Yeah. So three times in all the years I've been doing this bracket challenge, I've only put them three times in my life to win it because I think the Wildcats are going to win number nine this year. You think it's going to happen this year? This year it's going to happen. So, Amber, give me your final four. Okay. So my final four, let's see here. I have Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, and Kansas. And I'm not even going to tell you who I got winning it. Well, it's quite possible. So you went very, you went with the chalk on that, is what the experts say. I ain't got no clue. What you that went means. with the chalk, which means you went with what the favorites are. Yeah, you went with the number one seeds. I went with the seed numbers. You, <laughs> so you got all four number one seeds in the in the uh, final four. Uh, yeah. So you know who I got winning? Who? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Well, <laughs> now watch. This will be the year they win. <laughs> quite possibly, they quite possibly could. And uh, but we'll talk more about the March Madness special, or we'll talk more about March Madness during the March Madness special, which begins next Wednesday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have one more segment to go here on Off the Cuff, so stick with us. We will be right back. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. I want people to know that most of the time when I play music on the show, I play a lot of the songs that I select, I select them so I can get a reaction from Amber over here. She loves Janet. I love Janet. When you heard this, come on, did you? what did you want to do? I, my inner Janet came out and I just wanted to dance. Hopefully you set your times forward. This is my favorite time for Daylight Savings Time. Springing forward, that means that we have more daylight. But senators caught most Americans by surprise this past Tuesday when they unanimously passed a bill that would make Daylight Savings Time permanent nationwide. It's called the Sunshine Protection Act, which was just introduced last week. It still needs to be passed by the House, though. And then... President Joe Biden's signature needs to become on that document for it to become law. That's how it works. But it's unanimous in the Senate, which indicates very wide support for this movement. And that means that we will never have to turn our nation's clocks back again. And this is the time we will be in going forward if this bill is passed. Senator Marco Rubio, who at one time ran for president. He's the lead sponsor of the bill and has long pushed to make daylight savings time permanent, but this is the first time his legislation has uh, passed the Senate. This bill will allow states to pass their own laws to continue changing their clocks twice per year if they want to stick with the current norm in most of the uh, country. Arizona and Hawaii are the only two states in the union right now that don't observe daylight savings time at all. Wait, they they already don't do it? No, they do not. And this new bill will make it up to the state. Yeah. Kentucky's weird, so we'll probably keep doing it. Exactly. The U.S. first adopted daylight savings time in 1918. 
The idea was to add extra sunlight hours in the summer to conserve energy needed to light homes and businesses, though some studies suggest that we're not actually saving energy, according to National Geographic. So, if we're not actually saving energy, then it's outdated. Why are we doing it? It's outdated, and we don't need to do it no more. But I'm excited about this. It's my favorite time. I'm all for daylight savings time going away and us remaining with a permanent time like right now. I mean, I definitely agree with the permanent time. I just, I do wonder how, you know, it will, I guess, make things look, you know, once the wintertime rolls around, you know, what's that going to make our schedule like? A lot of people are concerned with the school systems, kids getting up early in the morning, having to catch the bus, maybe some kids having to walk to school because there's crappy parents out there. I'm not saying that that you're a crap parent if you make your kid walk to school, but if they're five or six, they don't need to be walking to school. You need to walk them to school. However, 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 it will be a lot darker outside if this bill is passed in the school time. Yes. But do what, I mean, I remember when I went to Knott County Central, Uh we started at 830 in the morning anyway, which was always real late for a school to start. Well, we had to do that because we had to get up at six o'clock to get trotted over there. (laughs) (laughs) It took an hour which was way too long for kids to be on the bus anyway, yeah, to like, get to our high school. Yeah, across the river and through the woods. So they probably are going to have to make school start a little later. I think a great time would be 8.30. I think 8.30 to 3.30 across the board if we do this. I think that's when schools need to start and, and uh, end. I mean, that was kind of the schedule we had growing up. So And it worked fine. Yeah. It still allows, if school ends at 3.30, you still have plenty of time to get the extracurricular activities yes. done and over with and the kids back home and in bed at a decent time to wake up for the next day. Exactly. So it's very possible. You just have to do some shifting around. This will not take effect until the fall of 2022 to get people prepared and lawmakers uh, uh, prepared. Uh, and flights, they said flights uh, prepared, like airlines, yeah. for the change. Because it it's a big change. Uh, absolutely. And I, it's something that I'm for and that I support. Okay. But ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not... The time has come for Off the Cuff with Adam Banks to wrap up this week. You can listen to all of our previous episodes by subscribing to us on podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. You can follow Amber on social media at Ambu447. You can follow me on social media at The Adam Banks. You can follow the show on social media at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9 FM, which means we'll be back next Thursday with a new episode. But don't forget, next week you have two episodes to tune into, Wednesday at 8 for the March Madness series, and then you have the regular off-the-cuff programming next Thursday from 4 to 5, and that's when Amber and I will be back. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you next week. We stand strong. Now if you say my style is racket, swear you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it.